This is an ICGC Cornerstone podcast. At Cornerstone, we believe in the power of the Word of God to transform lives and empower people to influence their generation. And now, time for the message. Well, this morning, uh, um, I'm doing a two-part message on what I have titled, Growing Over Walls. Growing Over Walls. It's going to be a two-part message called Growing Over Walls. Growing Over Walls. And we'll be looking at the life of Joseph uh, in this today and then next week as well. You know, as Jacob comes to the end of his life, uh, he makes a declaration over his children. And for some of them, he describes their lives in several ways and also speaks into their future. And when it comes to his son, Joseph, he makes a profound statement which is going to be our main text for today. In Genesis chapter 49, verses 22 to 25. Genesis chapter 49, verses 22 to 25. Genesis 49 22 to 25. This is what Joseph, what, this is what was said about Joseph, and I believe that it is also what is said about you as well. Genesis 49, 22 to 25. It says, Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a well. His branches run over the wall. The archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. But his bow remained in strength. And the arm of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Verse 25. By the God of your father who will help you. And by the almighty who will bless you with the blessings of heaven above. Blessings of the deep that lies beneath. Blessings of the breasts and of the womb. Amen. Now, Joseph was blessed beyond the wall. And the Bible says his branches ran over the wall. He was blessed in his father's house. He was blessed in Potiphar's house. He was blessed in the prison house. He was blessed in Pharaoh's house. Wherever he went, whatever circumstances came his way, the blessing came upon him and stretched over him. And so no matter the wall that was built around him, his blessing ran over the wall. And when people tried to contain him in one place, he stretched into another place. And today I declare over somebody that is here that that the blessing of God upon your life will run over the wall that stands before you. I don't know what wall has been built around you. I don't know what has been designed to contain you, but I came to announce to you this morning that your branches will run over the wall and you will not be limited and you will not be hindered as well. Joseph in this particular passage is described as a fruitful vine. And that word fruitful vine means three things. Number one, the word fruitful vine means he flourished. He flourished. He was the person that flourished. And in that passage, he described, he's described as a fruitful vine by the well. That means that he was nourished. That he was planted by a well. His roots are linked to water. And that is a very important factor 
in his life that even as a very young man, Joseph had a relationship with God. He knew God for himself. Not just the God of his father, Jacob, or the God of his, of his great-grandfather, Abraham, but the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was also his God as well. And so no matter what, even when he was separated at a very young age from his family, he was aware of God's presence wherever he went. And as a teenager, he was separated, but he was not lost from God. Why? Because he was planted by the well. He received nourishment from the presence of God. He received strength from the presence of God. So not, not only was he nourished, but he was also productive. He blossomed and he bore fruit. Because he had deep roots in the Lord, he was fruitful. His mind was productive. Even when he was sold into slavery, Joseph remained productive as well. Even in prison, he was also productive as well. He was the kind of person that you couldn't keep down. He was a fruitful vine. And not only was he productive, he also increased abundantly. The Bible says his branches ran over the wall. He was successful in different stories, in different sectors. Joseph was successful. He was successful locally. He was successful internationally. That was how Joseph was seen. Now, if you saw Joseph at the latter end of his life, when he had come out of prison, when, at the time when he was now prime minister of Egypt, if you saw him at the time when he was overseeing the greatest distribution of wealth in Egypt, and, and, and somebody said that this is a fruitful vine, you will agree, right? Because at that time, you see that he's doing all these things, and you will agree that, oh, yeah, he's a fruitful vine. You will believe that, oh, this man is a man of success, that he's productive, that he's successful, that, that you know, things are working for him. That, and when you see him, you say, oh, no, that, that is a fruitful vine. And, and, and you see, but, but, but in this scripture, the declaration was made over his life. And, and before he became any of those things, the declaration was made that he would be a fruitful vine. Now, if you had seen him when he was a servant at Potiphar's house, you wouldn't have believed that he was a fruitful vine. If you had seen him when he was arrested and jailed, you would not believe that this guy is a fruitful vine. If you had seen Joseph when he was accused, you would not believe that he was a fruitful vine because life was not easy for him. And I suppose you know by now that life is not easy. Life is life. Sometimes it will bring you circumstances you never anticipated for. But you have to deal with life. Life is life. Joseph was a very young man in his father's house. And he was a great dreamer. And, and God showed him dreams about his future. Uh, but his problem was that he talked too much about it. Uh, and, and that is some very good advice for us. That don't talk too much about your dreams. But he talked about it. He was very excited about it. And he was very excited about, about the future that God was going to give to him. And how his life was going to turn out. This guy was excited. He was excited about what God is doing in his life. And when you are a young man and you have great vision, what do you do? You just brag about it. No, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going here. I'm going there. I will be that. And I've done it myself. Now, I don't tell much of my plans now. 
you know, because it's a mark of youthfulness. You know, but I've done it before. <laughs> but 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 that because that also attracts problems as well. Because the moment you announce your location, people will find you. And they will try to stop you. So Joseph had challenges. He had difficulties that he had to deal with. And, 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 and you have to know, my friends, you have to know that in life, victories are won through battles. Solutions are produced from problems. And Joseph had his own fair share of challenges. And, and, and they came in two main ways, according to the passage that we read. And in verse 23, he says that the archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. And the first challenge that Joseph had to deal with is, is the arrows that were thrown at him. Arrows, the weapons of the enemy. An arrow is harmless until it falls into the hands of an archer who holds it. An archer is the person who takes hold of the arrow and, use, and shoots the arrow. And the Bible says the archers have shot at him. Very interesting. They have shot at him. They have shot at him the arrow of hatred. Hatred. And the arrow of hatred tra travels very fast. And it's very swift. Hmm. Travels very fast. And it's very swift. When Joseph started his life, when he started living his life, he did not know that he had enemies. He did not know. As a matter of fact, Joseph thought everybody liked him. <laughs> when he told his brothers his dreams, he could not discern that the first time he told his brothers his dream, they were not happy. And the Bible says he came back again and told his brother another dream. <laughs> he says, no, look at what had happened. You know, I have another dream for you. And the Bible says they hated him more. It is innocent in life to think that everybody likes you. Did you hear what I said? Let it sink in. It is innocent to think that maybe you are like what? Uh, what Red, Red Riding Hood, just, you know, swinging your basket and walking around. <laughs> it is innocent to think that everybody likes you. Don't be fooled, my friends. Sometimes, you know, you hear people say things like, you know, I mean, sometimes you even hear people say things like, you know, I don't even know why I hate him. I don't even know why I hate him. I don't even know what I have. I mean, sometimes you, you don't even know what you have done and why people are hating you. Just based on even how you walk, people hate you. Do you know that? Just based on how you walk. Somebody said, I don't like the way you walk. <laughs> they watch you. They don't even know your name. They don't know your address. They don't even know what, what, what you are doing. And just based on how you walk, people say, I hate you. People say, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Just based on how you walk. You haven't done anything at all. No, 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 no. And, it's, and, and they just see you walk and they say, ah, this guy is very arrogant based on how he walks. And in Ghana, when you are confident, they, they think you're arrogant. You know, you know, how, you know that's, how, that's how Ghana is. Ghana, everybody wants you to say, me pacho, you know, me pacho. That, Ghana, when you do that, you know, that means, hey, this boy is humble. The moment he said, I know what I'm doing, they say, you're arrogant. That's how Ghana is. <laughs> Somebody looks at the way you dress. And for Joseph, he was wearing a coat of many colors. And, and maybe you don't even have money. But you try to look good. You just try to wear some nice trousers. And maybe it's even worse and wear. 
And nobody knows it's washed away trousers. You take, it, you take good care of it. You iron it well. It's nice. Or the shirt is washed and well. And nobody knows about it. You iron it well. Your tie is nice. You know, you, you are looking prim and proper all the time. You look polished. Your shoe is polished nicely. And, 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 and it's just washed and wear. But somebody looks at you and he says, who does he think he is? <laughs> Maybe you do your hair nicely. Look very good. Somebody look at her and say, who does she think she is? Without any background, without any information, they see you and they make a determination about how your life should turn out. It is, it, that is what's happening in Joseph's life. So that's the first thing that Joseph has to deal with. Joseph had just experienced inexplicable hatred. And there are people who hate him. They are hating him without any cause. And there are people who hate you without any cause. And if you ask them, why do you hate me? They cannot give you any reason why they hate you. They say, I don't just like you. Let me be plain, I don't like you. So, 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 so some have a reason. And some also will say, I don't just like you. Hatred is an arrow. And, and that is what Joseph had to deal with. Not only did he have to deal with hatred, he had to deal with what we call targeting. Hatred is okay. I mean, if you hate me and you can't do anything about it, it's okay. Why should I bother? Joseph was hated. But the second arrow the Bible describes was that they, it says they shot at him. That means that he was targeted. So the hatred moved into targeting. When somebody decides that he's going to use you for, for target practice, they set you apart, they isolate you, and they prepare special attacks against you. So when you are moving in life, it's almost as if you are a target mark. And somebody has, 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 has made you a target by shooting at you. So Joseph is going through life innocently. But people hate him. And people want to bring him down. And sometimes the target comes from people who call themselves friends. Like Joseph's brothers. Sometimes it comes from your own home. Sometimes it comes from people you have offended in high places like Potiphar's wife. It is called targeting. So there's, a, there's the arrow of hatred. The arrow of targeting. And, and, so, and the Bible says, the third one, the Bible says that he was grieved. He was painfully wounded. People don't hate you and attack you for fun. No. They do it to kill, to steal, to destroy. Joseph's brothers wanted to finish him off. And Potiphar's wife also wanted to destroy him. They wanted to wipe him from the face of the earth. He has a nice dream. He has a great future, but they wanted to take him out. There's the target, and there's the mark to destroy him as well. And the Bible says they grieved him, and they wounded him painfully. The thing about grieving is that when you are wounded, you tend to withdraw. You tend to be quiet. Because in life, by the time you are 30 years in life, by the time you are 30 years in life or 40 years, you would have collected a few arrows. <laughs> Maybe you are walking, but there are a couple of arrows sticking at your back. <laughs> By the time you are 50 years, you probably have taken probably maybe about 20 arrows. By the time you are retired and 60-something years old, you have about 50 or more 
sticking at your back. Targeting. So he had collected several arrows. Your friends, your enemies, people in high places, people you trusted. Everyone has tried to shoot at you. And after these shots, you get hurt. And when you get hurt, you become inward looking and instead of outward looking. You get hurt. So Joseph receives these attacks from his home, from his boss, from the workplace, from political people like Potiphar's wife, from domestic people. He is under attack. That is the first major thing he has to deal with, the piercings of people. And I know many people have abandoned their visions in life because of the attacks against them. Life has shot too many things at us and there's too much pain inside. Some people have decided I won't do anything again. I will, I will just hide in my own corner. That, and that is the purpose of the attack. The purpose of the attack is to put you on the defensive. It's to make you withdraw into your own corner. The purpose of the attack is to make you silent. It's to, make you, it's to ensure you don't dream again. It's to make you w- not walk around with your coat of many colors again. The design of the archer is to make you defensive, but you are coming out of it as well. This morning you are going to come out of every pain, every hurt, every disappointment, every arrow that has been shot at you, no matter where the arrow came from, you will come out of it in the name of Jesus. Whether from your home, whether from family, whether from friends, whatever the situation is, because you are a dreamer and because you have a many colors and because you have a, a vision, you are going to fulfill every destiny that God has designed for you in the name of Jesus. No matter what, this is not the time to quit. No. Because the arrows will come, but it's not the time to give up. It's the time to keep pressing on. The design and the intention of the enemy is to ensure that you are isolated. That you don't get to the place that God has designed for you to get to. That is his plan. And it may look very nice. And it may look, it may look very, very, uh, very I mean, it may look very cool to just withdraw and say, I want to be in my corner. I don't want any trouble. But if you're going to make it in life, you'll come through trouble. Because if you're going to make it in life and take territories, you will shake systems. You will displace people and they will not like you for it. But you have to understand that you carry a vision. There's an assignment on your life and you cannot withdraw. You cannot withdraw. You can't give the enemy a room to make you withdraw. No. And that's one thing. It's not time to quit. It's time to keep pressing on as well. So Joseph had to deal with arrows. He also had to deal with, number two, walls. Walls. Not only did he have to deal with arrows, but he also had to deal with walls. And they were erected around him. The scripture says that Joseph is a fruitful bough. A fruitful bough by a well. His branches run over the wall. You will also run over the wall as well. You will not be contained by hatred. You will not be contained by any wall. His branches run over the wall. Joseph is like a mango tree in somebody's house. Whose fruit. So the tree is planted here. And the fruit is in the house, but the, 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 the thing has extended into the neighbor's house. So although it is planted in somebody's house, it has grown into the next neighbor's house. That's what Joseph is like. And, and the planter says, you know, you know, you are for me alone. 
But the mango says, no, I think my purpose is bigger than you. You are not alone. I think I, I can also, I can feed you, but I can also feed others as well. Somebody's like that mango tree this morning. Somebody has tried to place the wall in front of you. They say this is how far you can go. They say this is your limit. They say this is your boundary. They say, but you are not made for that boundary. You are made for something greater. And you are going to get there in the name of Jesus. You will get there. You are going to get there. <laughs> I don't know what wars you have to deal with and what arrows you have to deal with, but you are going to get there. Whatever the wars are, you are going to get there. You have to be confident. When you see trouble, don't run away from it. When you see trouble. Because the victories come through battles. It was like, you know, when, 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 when God told um, the children of Israel, he says, you know, I've given you the land to possess it, the promised land, but they are Jebusites, Hittites, what? All the tights. Ganatites. <laughs> Everybody waiting for you on the land. He says, I've given it to you. He says, it's yours. But they are waiting for you there. Do battle and take it. You mustn't run away from trouble. That is how we overcome. When you're taking new territories, there will be walls that will come your way. People will try to contain you based on how they know you. They know you say, oh, this is how you are. This is how far you can go. This is how far you can get. They will try to contain you. But no wall that is erected around you can stop your progress in life. No, you are a fruitful vine. And your branches will run over the walls. They may say that this is where you are planted. You are planted in Ghana. You are planted in Accra. You are planted wherever. And this is only where your sphere of influence will remain. But like the mango tree, you will grow above the wall. And not only will you feed those around you, you will feed others as well. Yeah. So see yourself going places. See yourself going far. See yourself making it in life. Not just about where you came from, but where you are going. Because, the, because when God gives you a vision, it's not about where you came from. It gives you a vision for where you are going to in life. That is what God gives us a vision. He knows the challenges that stand before you. He knows the difficulties that surround you. And yet, he gives you a vision. Why? Because the vision is no respect of the difficulties. The vision is not afraid of the challenges. The vision is not afraid of the opposition. You will grow over the walls. You have to understand it. This week I was speaking somewhere at a, at a, at a conference this week and I was, I was telling them, I said, you know, you will go play. I was, I was telling them, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from. There are no special people. You know, sometimes when you see people who are doing things in life, you can easily come to the conclusion that they are special people. That this one, you know, this one was born in God's hospital. I was born in Kolebo, but this one was born in God's hospital. So this one's, be, this one's beginning is different from my beginning. Or this one's family has an anointing that is only them that makes it. For us, we have an anointing that we don't make it in life. Or we don't go far. Or you see, and it is very easy to see people who are doing things and to quickly categorize. And put yourself in a certain bracket. 
and make yourself think that you can never do it. But that is not how it works. The life of Joseph and the story of Joseph shows us that no matter what you are coming from, you can grow over walls. No matter where you are coming from, you can grow over walls. And there are several walls that Joseph had to deal with. Several walls that he had to deal with. First of all, he had to begin life from the behind. He began life from the behind. How do you survive in a very hierarchical society like Joseph's society? Joseph's society is very hierarchical because, because he, has, he has about 10 brothers ahead of him. They are ahead of him and, and each one of them has to be great because for, for, for him to make it, he has 10 who are ahead of him. Now, each one has to make it before he gets to his turn. He's the youngest from behind. 10 boys ahead of him. And if you are going to wait... For everyone to have their turn, you, will ne- you may never have going to have your own turn. So the first thing he has to deal with, he has to deal with coming from a life from behind. From where life has deposited you. You start life. And there are people who start way ahead of you. Your father didn't help you much. Your mother didn't help you much. Your grandfather added to the problem. Now you are born way behind. Behind in poverty. Behind in disorder. Behind in dysfunction. Your family is not together. Your father is not responsible. Your mother has left you and you are living with some, aunt, with some auntie who also has four children as well. And, 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 and now you have to be part of, of, the, of the four and you are supposed to survive in life. This is what we call a war. And for some of us, we look at the war we inherit and we tell ourselves, I don't think it can work. May I suggest to you this morning that you are a fruitful vine and your branches will grow over the wall. That is the first thing he had to deal with. The family system starting life from behind is the first thing. The other wall he has to deal with, the Bible said that he was dumped into a pit. When his brothers sold him into slavery, when they were about to sell him into slavery, they took him, bound him together, and threw him into a pit. A pit represents the lowest point. How do you survive in a pit? Apart from being behind, he is now below. How do you survive in a pit? If you are, if you are behind, it is, it is, maybe it's good. But to be behind and to be below complicates your situation. Not only that, but he was also thrown into a strange land. The Bible says he was, slow, he was sold into slavery. He was sold into a, into a strange land beyond him. So he is behind, he is below, and he's beyond. And in a strange land, he has to deal with cultural barriers. He has to deal with language barriers. He has to deal with age barriers. He has to deal with racial discrimination. He has to deal with inferiority complex. These are barriers that he has to deal with. And I don't know how, how young he was, but as a teenage boy, most theologians believe that he was probably around 13 or 14 years at the time he was sold in slavery. Young boy, thrown into a strange land, about 13 or 14 years old. You have to learn a new language. Your parents are not there. You have to learn a new culture. People mistreat you because you go in as a slave. You don't even go in as an equal citizen. 
you now have to start dealing with how people see you and how they treat you as a slave. And there are certain situations that you come into in life, my friends, without making any effort, without doing anything, people already belittle you. It's like when you're an African and you have to go to some kind of, some Western country somewhere, or, and even in some Asian countries, and you start speaking and they listen to your accents. They categorize you quickly. Behind, below, beyond. This is where Joseph is coming from, my friends. He doesn't know the language. He has to learn the language. He has no friends. He has no relatives. And he has to deal with life. It is a war. It is a barrier. And not only that, the Bible says that he was also forgotten in prison. This guy has, these are the challenges that Joseph is dealing with. He was forgotten in prison. When you are in prison, you are discarded. You are thrown away. Society wants to forget about you. They want to forget that you ever existed. So here is a young man, my friends. By the time he's in his 20s, he came into a, into a country in his mid-teens. And he has, he has worked all kinds of jobs. Trying to survive. Finally, he gets a good master. His name is Potiphar. And you know, Potiphar is there. And, and, and he's getting a promotion. Everything seems to be working out for Joseph. It seems to be lining up for him. He's happy. He's okay. Life seems to be good for him. And you know, now he says, you know, I have settled in life. Ah, life is good for me. I'm just going to work and everything will be okay for me. And then he gets into trouble. His master's wife tries to blackmail him. How do you get or how do you put up a defense against Potiphar's wife? Now he's in prison and it's supposed to be the end of his story. Finally, it seems the arrows have worked. They have killed him. Finally, the walls have stopped him. But for some reason, none of these things stop this young man. For some reason, it's, it just it blows my mind. Joseph has every reason to say that I will fail. He has every reason to write himself off. He has every reason to say that, you know, I've done my best. I've tried. I've done all I could do. It did not work. Let me throw in the towel. Let me give up. But for some reason, it doesn't stop this guy. Arrows come, but they don't stop him. Walls are erected, but they don't stop him. For some reason, he survived. For some reason, he overcame. For some reason, his story did not end in prison. And I'm here to encourage somebody this morning. I don't know what wars you've had to deal with. Maybe for you, 2022 is not turning out right. And maybe 2021 was even worse for you. It seems as if things are very difficult for you. You look back at your life and it seems as if you are not moving forward in life. Things seem to be as if you are in diminishing returns and nothing is working. But when God says that this is your year of increase, this is your year of increase, and your branches will grow over the walls, no matter what you are going through, your branches will extend over the walls. It will not stop you. Be encouraged. It will not stop you. You are a fruitful vine. So no matter the arrows that come your way, 
or the walls that are erected in front of you, they will not stop where God is taking you as well. You are a fruitful vine. This guy went through so much, but he was not broken. For some reason, he stayed in the game. And I believe you will stay in the game. You will not abandon the vision. You will not abandon the dream. What God has said is what God will do. It is not the man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he not said it and will he not do it? Whatever, whatever word God gave you, it will come to pass. You are a fruitful vine and everything that is deposited in you will manifest. It will come forth in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands to heaven. Thank you for listening to the message. God bless you.